Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is session number 106. This podcast is here to teach you everything you need to know about the scanner radio hobby. And today we're going to put on our uh, future glasses or look into the crystal ball, jump into the DeLorean, whatever it is. And let's take make some predictions for the next 10 years of scanning. So before I jump into the podcast, I want to announce a new date and a new time for our Facebook and YouTube live sessions. Instead of being the first Saturday of the month, we're going to make this one the first Tuesday of the month. And I have a schedule conflict on the next uh, first Saturday. I'll be teaching at Hamburg University on Long Island. So if you're in the Long Island area, why don't you come on by and check us out. You can uh, get more information at hamradiouniversity.com. Org. I'm actually giving a scanner radio forum at 10 a.m. at Long Island University as part of HRU. And if you're on Long Island area, love to see you there. But going back to what I was originally saying, our new date and time for our Facebook and YouTube lives will be this upcoming Tuesday, January 7th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Or for those of you who are loving the Zulu time or the GMTs, that'll be Wednesday morning, January 8th at 1 a.m. And we'll put links on our social media and also in our news bulletin. So with that, let's uh, get through this little bump and then we'll be on the other side with today's podcast. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. Okay, so in session 102 of Ask Scanner School, volume 15, again, you can take a listen to that one at scannerschool.com slash session 102, Joshua Robb had asked me where I see the hobby going in the next 10 years. So while I did answer it really quickly on that podcast, I feel that since today, the on-air date of this podcast being December 31st, 2019, it's the last day of the year. It's the last day of the decade. So it's a good, really, I don't know, it's just a good time to reflect on the last 10 years and also to make some predictions for the next 10. So let's go ahead. We'll jump into the DeLorean. We'll jump back in time and then we'll leap ahead into the future and maybe make some predictions. So let's quickly review the last decade in scanning. So back in 2010, now we're talking about nine years, almost 10 years ago, almost at this point, the Home Patrol 1 was released. That was October 2010. I can't believe it's been 10 years since that radio came out. Revolutionary. It had a touchscreen, color touchscreen display. It allowed you to bring in the entire radio reference database on a micro SD card and access it through the front of the scanner. Brilliant move on Nudidin's part. Basically, they took a radio that many people would normally not be able to use, and by entering in your zip code, it would pull the information off the SD card and would allow you to then scan the area. Now, this doesn't pay any attention to the fact that you need to keep updating the Home Patrol database, that you have to have a Windows-based computer in order to do so, and it's not really as simple as just putting in your zip code and going off to the races. But in theory, it was a very, very revolutionary and very cool design. I have a Home Patrol one. I still use it daily. It is my uh, daily burner radio when I want to listen to the fire departments up here. So what I do is I have it sitting on one analog conventional channel, which is a huge overkill for this radio. But, 
it does serve its purpose. It doesn't look like a radio that's sitting out in the uh, kitchen counter. So it kind of does play a part for me. Yes, I was an early adopter on this radio. I bought it when it first came out. And in fact, I do have a unboxing video for this radio on my original YouTube channel. So if you look under YouTube for W2LIE, you'll see a unboxing and database update for that, uh, that radio, which is amazing that it's 10 years ago. So shortly after that, I believe it was 2011, GRE releases the PRSR 800 and the Radio Shack Pro 18 models. So again, same basic concept. It was now a true handheld version of what the Home Patrol set out to be, where the Home Patrol was basically just a mobile, it was strictly more a desktop radio that would be able to go on the mobile. It did have a couple of batteries in it, but it wasn't really portable by any sense of the means or any, any meaning of the word. The uh, GRE release was more of a handheld conventional looking scanner. I mean, it, it kind of had an iPod design to it. It had the circle, the round circle keypad that was familiar on the very early generations of iPods. And even had a play and pause button on it. So again, they were trying to hit more of the the non-scanner geek market, those who wanted to get into scanners but was kind of over their head, or they were, you know, they they were um, intimidated by getting a a scanner. So again, the GRE scanner uses Windows software called EasyScan, which today I still think is a horrible name for that piece of software, and it allows you to use again the re-reference database and get updates to the radio and also do some database style scanning. So shortly beyond that, we have uh, P25 Phase 2 finally making its full appearance. So this kind of killed the TDMA X2 protocol that was out there that a lot of departments would have gone to if they needed to have P2 before the standard came out. TDMA X2 was kind of a Motorola thing that allowed you to get Phase 2 style of talk groups, or in other words, TDMA talk groups, but without actually going through with the full Phase 2 protocol. So with uh, all that coming through, then, you know, it kind of kiboshed that one. But again, you didn't try to make the Home Patrol 1 work on a X2 TDMA in a Phase 2 environment and quickly discovered that the hardware that was, that was inside the Home Patrol did not allow them to do such a thing. So they had to come up with the Home Patrol Two, which had a little bit more horsepower to it. And the Home Patrol 2 wasn't released until 2014. So let's back up a little bit too. I believe it was in 2013, according to my homework, that uh, the BCD436HP and the BCD536, they were announced on YouTube in late 2013. So again, this was a nice upgrade to the Home Patrol 1. Unidin did a great job listening to the advanced users where the Home Patrol 1 didn't really allow you to manipulate the data or didn't have that feel of a scanner with a keypad and everything else. The... 436 HP allowed you to feel like you had a scanner, and the 536 HP actually brought Wi-Fi into the scanner radio world, which is really cool. Again, the very first piece of equipment out there that had something really exciting and really new. On top of that, it allowed you to have the Home Patrol database, and then it was upgradable to DMR and XDN, which again, pretty unheard of when it came to scanner radios. Now, we have Whistler buying GRE. And uh, also we have Whistler then releasing in 2016 the TRX-1 and the TRX-2. So TRX-1 and TRX-2 was Whistler's redesign on the PSR-800 and also was a nice update to it. So again, keypad, a little bit better design on it. Basically the same internals and whatever else. It was just a new kind of a user interface in order to get the data out of the scanner to be used as a scanner. Now again, this is still a current top-of-the-line scanner for 
Whistler. Radio Shack closing the doors in 2017. So that was definitely a hit to the hobby and also a hit to GRP and Whistler. Uniden releases the SDS 100 in 2018. And in 2019, the SDS 200 comes out on the market. So we have what the birth of radios like the SDS 100 and 200 because of issues like simulcast. Did we have simulcast 10 years ago? Uh-uh. Nope. We were barely struggling with uh, Motorola Type 2 rebanding. Remember that fiasco? So uh, it was right about in the 2009-2010 that we were dealing with rebanding out here, at least in my market. And uh, I remember thinking, holy cow, you know, this is pretty cool. Something new is happening here. But uh, now with, with simulcasting and everything else, I mean, the market, the whole thing is changing, right? The evolution in the last 10 years has been ridiculous. So what else have we seen in the last 10 years? We've seen the birth of the BCD-325P2, which killed the box design of the BR330T, the BC346T and XT, the BCD396XT. So that body style is gone. It's it's gone the way of the Dodo. No more brick look from Uniden. And uh, the new body style copy is basically the 75XLT, the BC125AT, the BC126AT, depending on where you are, and also the new SR30C. So they've got that new compressed body style that used to be reserved for the low-end models, which is now the standard body style from Uniden. Also, from the mobile and desktop front, we saw the BCD996XT uh, give way to the BCD996P2. So again, these P2 model numbers, the 325P2 and 96P2, indicate they support P25 Phase 2. So what else do we see? We see more digital modes taking the stage and becoming even more popular, which means we see upgrade paths from Uniden with the NXDN and DMR protocols. And Whistler was, you know, banging the drum saying, we support this out of the box. There's no need to spend any extra money on upgrades. And all the Whistler camp was all happy that they had a superior radio in their point of view. So why bother spending $60 per upgrade from Uniden, so another $120, if it already comes with it on your scanner? So again, a lot of finger pointing between both camps as to who has the better radio. And again, that's still not going to go away, I think, in the next 10 years. What else happened in the last 10 years? We saw a rise in, or in the birth, basically, of software-defined radios. New manufacturers and new businesses being created around that market, such as AirSpy and HackRF, to name two. And now that I'm really thinking about it out loud here, I'm kind of wondering when it was I bought my AirSpy. Maybe it was close to 10 years ago, but I don't think it was anything more than that. As a downer note, we definitely see an increase in agencies in labeling encryption, which is what happened in my neck of the woods where Nassau County Police Department went not only P25, but they went encrypted and then they eventually closed off their old conventional system, killing the enjoyment of listening to Nassau County Police in my neck of the woods, which just means that you just don't listen to them, you listen to something else. So after this really short break, we're going to talk about where I see the next 10 years in the scanner radio market. Okay, looking for something different now that uh, the holiday season is over. You've got a new scanner. Maybe you didn't get a new scanner. Have you looked at the P25 pagers by Unication? These are rugged P25 phase two capable radios that now also support DMR type one and type two, which basically means DMR conventional and repeaters, no trunking on them. This is a radio that you don't have to worry about it. If it gets wet, if it falls off your belt, if it happens to take a spill, if your kids grab it or anything else like that, your SDS 100, I wouldn't hand that to my five or six year old. No way, Jose. But the Unication G-Series pagers, she runs around with those all day long. 
No, they're not child toys, but I do give them to my kid to entertain them. Check out the new G2 pager, which is a single band VHF or UHF pager. The G3 does both VHF and UHF. The G4 just does 700-800, and the G5 supports VHF with 700-800 or UHF 700-800. So contact my company, East Coast Pagers, for a quote, and I'm pretty sure that we can beat those for you. So again, EastCoastPagers.com. So did you get a new scanner for the holidays and you are unsure of how to use it? Do you need a little bit of help, a little bit of hand-holding? Do you want help setting up the software on your computer? Hey, I can help you with that. You can hire me for your very own one-on-one tutoring session when it comes to your new scanner. We will work side-by-side virtually over Skype or even Zoom so that I can see your computer and you can see mine and we can go through the process of setting up your scanner. So for as an hour of of time. I think that it is going to help part the clouds, bring the sun down, and help you enjoy that new scanner even more. So you can reach us at scannerschool.com slash consulting or phil at scannerschool.com. All right. I want to thank all those who have helped support Scanner School through the last two years now. can't believe we're going on. We're we going on two years of this? It's been a long time. No, we're going on two years, right? Oof, feels longer than that. But those of you who have been keeping us going, I want to thank you. You've been more than generous and clicking on our support links, scannerschool.com slash support and buying Butel software through us, purchasing new hardware through ScannerMaster, or even when you go to Amazon and clicking on Amazon links before you make a purchase. It's a great way to help supporters at no additional cost to you. It there certainly does help keep the podcast going. But for those of you who are supporting us on Patreon, and and the Patreon supporters are great, you guys get the podcast early if you're at the $3 higher tier. Squelchy stickers for those of you at the $5 tier, plus a private YouTube session for you guys once a month, also at the $5 tier. And again, at $5 a month, it's just about a dollar a week is what you're supporting us with, which is really, really cool. So I want to thank our current Patreon supporters. They are Dan, Glenn Bryden, James Felling, MT Bono, Raymond Hill, Todd Glendie, Craig Harper, Guy Lee, Irvin Thibodeau, Jeff Block, John Goldenberg, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Ronnie Bach, Sal Marandola, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, and William R. Canned. I want to thank each and every one of you for your support. And again, if you'd like to help support Scanner School through the new year, scannerschool.com slash support. All right, now on to the conclusion of this podcast. All right, so let's continue our discussion with SDR because I think this is really where the explosion of the hobby is going to be over the next 10 years. I think it's a very exciting time for the scanning because of SDR, the new development that's out there when it comes to SDRs. And we continue to see ways of monitoring trunk systems and privately developed software that supports SDR. It's such a great time to be in this hobby. And I will be launching my SDR course this year for those who've been waiting for it patiently. Yes, first quarter this year is when I'm going to have it done. I promise you that is my goal to get it to you guys. All right. So if you want to learn how to use SDR, just keep your eyes on the website and the email newsletter. One thing that is very exciting about SDR is that the price point of it, right? They're they're pretty cheap. They're flexible is what you can do on them. And that's the problem with them also. That's what has me very worried about SDR, which is why if you haven't gotten one yet, I would really suggest buying a couple right now because who knows what the next 10 years is going to bring when it comes to SDRs. I got a very, very bad feeling that 
something is going to change in the SDR market because they're too flexible and there isn't any cellular block on them. For those of you who are here in the States, you're very familiar with the fact that you have to buy a scanner that has a cellular block in place, even though you really can't listen to anything anymore in the cellular spectrum, in that, in, but whatever. It's part of the rules and that's that. But SDRs, they, they, they're kind of sidestepping out right now. And all it takes is just a couple of, of people to ruin it for everybody. And I think that's kind of what is going to happen here, right? We've got people who are posting the things they're doing with SDRs that are a little bit shady, uh, that are a little bit illegal, and loose lips do sink ships. Now, again, if you're a fan of Corrosive from Signals Everywhere, he actually did a vlog on this very same subject. I'm not going to take this as a platform or a time to echo what he said. I think he did a very good job at speaking about his concerns, which also I do share these same concerns. You can check out his YouTube video, and I'll put a link to that in the session notes, scannerschool.com slash session 106. All right, so continuing with SDR, I think we're going to have a shakeup, basically, when it comes to the two-party system that is Uniden and Whistler. I'm predicting that either Whistler or I'm really leaning towards maybe a third party is going to develop a radio that is based solely around an SDR and a little microcomputer inside of it. I'm not talking something like the Uniden SDS100 that has got an IQ scanner that supports you know, that says it's SDR. I'm talking something that's more open source, something that's a little bit more flexible, something that we can get in there and tweak. I don't want to say the word hack, but something that we can really customize if you're smart enough and you can do things with computers and coding. I think that we have Raspberry Pis out there now and the ability to make software and to even get images that allow you to just turn a Raspberry Pi into a receiver with an SDR. I think we're going to see a, a strong development on that. And I think somebody is going to actually pick up the ball and run with it and create a product that is a fraction of the price of the SDS 100 that will do twice as much and will be more of a kind of roll your own, but also a this is how well it works out of the box kind of thing. Kind of the things too, would you be allowed to add modules to it and stuff like that? So I, I really think that this is something that's going to come into play in, in the next decade, especially with stuff like Kickstarter, uh, being able to support projects like this and, and the fund R&D and all that stuff. I, I think that this really could be an exciting time to have a no name or a somebody in his garage develop a new radio that really does go through this. And the only thing that worries me is FCC compliance and, and a lot of this stuff too would be probably a big hurdle. But if they can finance it enough on Kickstarter, I'm sure that that would be happening on there as well. And if somebody does have something like that on Kickstarter or is developing that, I'd love to have you on the guest as a podcast and uh, you know even back you on Kickstarter because that I think is going to really shake up the two-party system that is the scanner radio market. A lot of uh, one of these issues too that has been a wish list of scanner radio users has been Bluetooth. I don't see Bluetooth even making it to a scanner radio. I just don't see that being there to be honest with you. But something like a Raspberry Pi development, yeah, I think it would be in there as well. I think Whistler is going to come out with something new. They're going to have to. The I can't see the TRX-1 or TRX-2 surviving another 10 years as the primary flagship radio for that company. They are going to have to come up with something new. And it wouldn't surprise me it was based around SDR. And they're going to have to do it to survive. I think that that's going to have to be there. We're not going to be sitting here 10 years from now uh, still talking about the TRX-1 and TRX-2 as being current products. Although at this point, though, the TRX-100 and 200 has pretty much been dismissed and, and buried uh, six feet on the ground at this point. I would like to see some development on digital modes in a handheld radio such as Tetra, because we can't listen to Tetra in a handheld radio. That'd be really cool to be able to have something like that that would be able to support that. I think we're going to see more of a push into DMR 
I think we're going to see more of a push into P25. So I, I think more agencies are going to roll over to that. They're going to see the benefit of doing that. And we'll see a fraction of those agencies go encrypted, all right? I, I think it's just the way of the land. It, it, people are going to continue to do that. They're going to continue to cite officer safety, and I completely get that. And then the other camp is going to say, but we need to know transparency. Look, is, nobody's going to – it's it's just it's just going to be the way it's going to be. I mean, that's just what it is. And I think you can see a lot of people still complaining and beating the drum that encryption is killing the hobby, and now they own nothing but a paperweight. And they're, they're honestly, my, my answer to that is – no, the scanner can do more than just listen to one thing, right? You're going to need to discover what else is out there to listen. The hobby isn't dead because your locals went encrypted, all right? Now, let's flip this a little bit. Does everyone complain when a single cable TV channel decides they can't do it anymore and they close up shop? Do they complain there's nothing else to watch on TV, even though there's another thousand channels out there? No, they move on with their lives and they find something else to watch. Or when a newspaper folds up and they say, oh, now we can't read the news anymore because my local paper or this nationwide paper or this magazine decided they can't produce anymore. Is there anything else to – no, you don't. You'll find something else. And that's exactly the mindset people have to come with to when it comes to encryption. All right, jumping off my soapbox here. I'm sorry about that, guys. I just really had to get that one out there because I don't know. All right. I think we're going to see a lot of activity in the next couple of short years on the T-band giveback right here in the United States. So I think this ruling is going to be overturned. I, I know the FCC is pushing for it as well, but they're also getting ready now to auction off the T-band spectrum. And I really think that they're going to have to halt this altogether, right? There's, there's too many users in the T-band spectrum, right? The area north of 470 megahertz and south of 520, especially here in the New York City area. NYPD, the 480s, FDNY, 483. My local county here we have radios in 505 megahertz there's just so much in there and the landscaping is so congested especially in metropolitan areas right here long island departments here can't even get a uhf frequency because it is so congested okay not only that but because they're not licensing t-band anymore right here because of the whole give back thing but they can't there's just not enough real estate when it comes to that unless they allow some sort of grant to get everybody over to a trunk system and they, they force you to use existing frequencies as trunking. But again, that's great on a countywide level. But we also have here private departments, right? The fire departments here, there's, there's like 72 right here in my county alone. And each one of them wants to have a UHF channel and they, they all have their own their own boards and everything else. To get them on a countywide system is going to be really tough for them. I'm not making excuses. I, I'm just thinking that it's, it's, it's just never going to happen. It, it, I mean, the county has talk groups for them to use and they don't want to use them. It'd be great if they would. It allowed me to listen all over the place for my handheld wherever I was in the county, but they just don't want to do it. So I, I think the only way to get around the T-band buyback would be to force more trunking, more digital, and to increase grants so that more departments can jump on board when it comes to digital. So that's that's where I see things. So And of course, we're going to see new scanners come out there, right? We're going to see new scanners from Uniden. I, I predict at least six scanners in the next decade. Now, think about it. We had about 10 scanners in the last 10 years. So I don't think my, my prediction is too far off. Again, like I said, we're going to see something new from Whistler. We're going to have to see something new from Whistler. And I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a third party pop in here in the next 10 years. But I want to know, what do you think is going to happen in the next 10 years here in the scanner radio hobby? I think it's always cool to, 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 to look ahead and just to – come out there and just say, I wonder what's going to happen and, and just 
put it out there and, and let us know. And we can come back in another couple of years and just see who's who's on track and who's right and what's coming out there. So if you want to leave me your feedback on this one, I'd love to have this as part of the podcast. Scannerschool.com slash session 106, where you can leave your comments about this podcast right on our website. Of course, you can do so on our Facebook group, scannerschool.com slash Facebook group, or in our club, scannerschool.club is another way for you to leave me your feedback about what you think the next 10 years of this hobby is going to be. Now, don't forget, we have the session notes online, scannerschool.com slash session 106, and I'll see you all live on Facebook and YouTube on Tuesday, January 7th or Wednesday, January 8th, depending where you are. So again, that is 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 a.m., if my math is correct, Zulu or GMT. All right, guys, we'll catch you all next week. Have a happy new year. I hope that your Christmas and Hanukkah and Boxing Day were all great for you guys, and we'll see you all in the next decade. 73, everyone.